Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you, Father God. Lord, we give you glory and we give you honor, Father God. We praise your holy name, Lord. And we invite you, Father God, into this podcast. Lord, I ask, Father God, that you move me out the way, Father God, and you show up. I thank you, Father God, for allowing me to be a voice for you. And I pray, Father, that your people receive this word, Lord. I pray that they receive it with their hearts, Father God. And they understand, Father God, what the Spirit is saying in this hour. And Lord, right now, we thank you for your son, Jesus. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. Lord, we thank you for being God and God all alone. And Father God, we do realize, Father God, without you, we're nothing. So, Lord, we thank you, Father God, for never forsaking us, for never leaving us, Lord, because we need you. Lord, we need you like never before. And we thank you, Father God, for your your glory. Just thank you for who you are. And right now, Lord, we want to say thank you. And I ask that you go before us, Lord, make the quicker way straight. Father, I ask that you be with us from start to finish in this podcast. And Lord, I give you glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Lord, right now, I just want to say thank you. Lord, I I, I, I thank God, y'all. I just thank God for all that he's done. I just thank God for revealing, for showing himself in this season. You know, I don't know about y'all, but this is a whole new season for me. God is just so awesome. He's connecting me with people that I, I, I truly just thank him for connecting me to. And I know that ain't nobody but God. Couldn't, couldn't nobody but God do it, do that. And um, and I want to tell y'all, this morning I woke up with the, in my spirit to, to play the song Jesus by Shekinah Glory. I'm not, it's an old song. It's been out for some years now. But it's an awesome song. And it's just basically just, Calling the name of Jesus throughout the song. And whatever. <laughs> there's no better name to call. There's no better name to call. And so um, I played the song on my way to work. And when I tell y'all I had a hallelujah good time. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit showed up. And it, it just blessed me. And it had my, and I was just blessed throughout the day. I was, and you know, I was just so full today, and even on my lunch break, you know, I would sit out in the car eat my lunch, and you know, and I go out there eat my lunch, and I was playing, the, you know, this another song that I love also, and I was just playing it, and I just began to just cry, and I, and I know it was just tears of joy, because I had told my husband earlier, I said, I know God a lot told me to play that song, because he, when he showed up, he was just giving me the, giving me a, a, sense of peace you know let me know that everything was going to be all right and everything that i've endured endured everything things that i may endure coming forth he just let me know that it's going to be okay you got this and it's all for his glory so i thank god i thank him so much and so um tonight y'all i want to talk about forgiveness you know forgiving you know we've heard that sermon a lot we you know we've heard people talk about forgiveness but it's something that's just been been sticking with me for a while now and um and I don't think I've got anybody in my life that I haven't forgiven that's hurt me or nothing like that 
But um, if it is, it's somebody that I omit it. God will allow me to to get it right. But from my knowledge, it's no one. It, you know, it's just situations and things that's been going on going on around me for the last couple months. And um, you know, and God just showing me, you know, why it's just so important. Why she was showing me why why it is so important to forgive. And so, um, the title of my podcast tonight is Unforgiveness Versus Moving On. Unforgiveness Versus Moving On. It's a difference. It's a difference between unforgiveness and moving on. Because you're moving on does not mean that you haven't forgave this person, okay? It's a big difference in between unforgiveness and moving on. And moving on simply means forgiveness. That's what how the Holy Spirit gave me. Moving on simply means that you've forgiven them. Okay? So you can say unforgiveness versus forgiveness if you want to. But the way he gave it to me was unforgiveness versus moving on. So the definition of unforgiveness is when you are unwilling or, or unstable to forgive someone for hurting, betraying, breaking your trust or causing intense emotional pain upon you. OK, that's that's unforgiveness when you just can't seem to shake off the bad that somebody has done to you. But you got to forgive them. you got to. And I know I'm not. And I'm, I'm not sure if Tyler Perry said this in one of his movies or one of his um plays. But when he said that forgiveness is not for the other person, it's for you. He was absolutely correct. When you don't forgive, you're not hurting the other person. Because they going on. They lollygagging, having a good old time, ain't studying you, ain't thinking about you. But you the one still sitting back with all that hurt, all that pain. Just stuck. Your blessings being held up. That job you want being held up. That money you need being held up. That healing you need being held up. That peace you need being held up. Why? Because you have a hardened heart. Because you don't want to forgive. It's not for that other person. Forgiveness is for you. Okay? The definition of forgiveness is a conscious and deliberate decision to release feelings of resentment or vengeance toward a person or group who has harmed you, regardless of whether they actually deserve it or not. And let's be honest, it's not always easy to forgive. Okay, because some pe- people have done some things to us that <laughs> they may not deserve to be forgiven. But if we want God to forgive us, we have to forgive each other. Okay. But as I read that, the definition of forgiveness. And when I read that part, when it says a conscious and deliberate decision to release feelings of resentment or vengeance toward a person or group, it says to release feelings of resentment. It took me back to where, okay, you know how when you and a person got into it or you didn't wrong them or they didn't wrong you or however the case may be, you know, y'all fall out, okay? Then you go on your merry way, you go your way, they go that way, okay? 
some months then went by and you see this person at their food line. Okay. When you see that person and you see the, that funny feeling that you get in your stomach, I can't stand that feeling. I, I absolutely hate that feeling. That's why I don't mind forgiving people. You know how when you see somebody and they done you wrong and you get that funny feeling in your stomach. That's, that's that feeling of resentment. Oh, I just don't like them. I hate I even seen them. You know, you try to go um, go down the other aisle just so you won't go up that aisle that they they on. Then you may still end up running to them, running, running into them, you know, but you still got that feeling. Oh, that, that, this, that unpeaceful feeling. That's, that let me know that's that feeling of resentment. Okay, but once you truly forgive, not just forgive with your mouth, but when you truly forgive a person that's wronged you with your heart, you releasing. That's what that definition say. You're releasing that feeling of resentment. And I was like, Lord, okay, I ain't, I ain't never thought of it like that. Well, I'm telling God to give you, God to take the smallest thing and make a make a teaching out of it. I'm telling you, He will teach you something. You hear me? God will make a lesson out of anything. You just got to be got to be willing to listen and, and see and hear what He got to say. But I'm like, okay, Lord, I read that definition. I'm like, Lord, I ain't never thought about that, but it's true. That that stuck with me. So that, that feeling that you get when you see a person and you haven't forgiven them yet, that's the feeling of resentment. But once you truly forgive them, you're releasing that feeling of resentment. And so that blessed me. I, I hope he blessed y'all too, but I never thought about that. But that, that blessed me. Okay. And so now I want to let y'all know that when you forgive a person... That don't mean that you're actually forgetting what they done or you're excusing what they're done or you're condoning what they're done. You're just forgiving them. Forgiveness means forgive. Forgive. Forgiveness means you're just forgiving them. Okay? And basically, you're just releasing them so God can deal with them. Okay? You're releasing them so your stuff can be released. Okay? Because as long as you're holding on to that hate and that hurt, your stuff is being held up. Your life is being held up. But when you release that person and give it to God, then God can release your stuff and give you what you need. So you have to release in order for your releasing to to come forth. In order to God to release your stuff, you got to release people from 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 unforgiveness, okay? But as long as you're um you have the unforgiveness in your heart, your stuff is being held captive. It it, it it is up to you. Do you want your blessings to flow or you want them held captive? You gotta forgive, okay? And so um in Matthew chapter six, when God was teaching us, you know, how to pray, was giving us the the prayer. Um in verse 14. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 14, it says, If you forgive men their trespasses, which trespass basically means their wrongdoing, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Okay, but verse 15 says, But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, meaning if you don't forgive them what, they're done, what they've done to you, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Okay? So in order for God to forgive, we got to forgive. And I think it's, it's fair, fair square. 
You know, if we if we want the blessings of God, we got to be able to release people. You know, basically, you just like I said, you're releasing them in order for God to deal with them. Okay. And so when I want to say this, too, I'm just going to throw this in here. Let's be careful how we treat people. Let's be careful how we treat people, y'all. I know we're not a perfect people and I know we don't always say the right things. We don't always do the right things, but we can at least try. Because the Bible says, it speaks and it says, the hole that you dig for somebody else will be the main hole you fall in. Now, you was over here digging this hole for me to fall in it. You wanted me to fall in it, but you ended up falling in it. Now, I'm looking over that hole, looking down at you, when you thought you were going to be looking over there, looking down at me. So, we got to be careful how we treat people. And the Bible says, God says that he'll make your enemy your footstool. And when I tell you that he proved, he, he, this scripture has manifested in my life a couple of times. The main ones that had set out to try to hurt me. Baby, I had to turn around and have my shoulder out for them to cry on. I'm telling you, God ain't nothing to play with. He ain't nobody to play with. When he said that I will make your enemies your footstool, he meant what he said. But you got to let it go. You got to let it go. Give it to God. Let him deal with people. He know how to deal with people way far better than we can. Because at the end of the day, a lot of times we don't want to forgive a person. But let's forgive them. Forgive them and pray for them. Because to be honest with you, people need prayer more than they need you, need your conversation. So let's pray. If, if, if somebody wronged you and they don't want to be bothered with you, leave them alone. Leave them alone. Forgive them. Okay, that's, that's why the name of my, this podcast is Unforgiveness versus Moving On. Okay, it's, it's, it's a difference in between unforgiveness and moving on. It's a difference, okay? So, um, in Matthew chapter 10, verse 14, um, in this scripture, in this chapter, um, God was giving instructions to his disciples, okay? He was giving his his disciples some instructions and in verse 14 you know it talks about different things you know he was giving them power and authority over demons and diseases and you know he was telling them what to do trying to teach them what to do but i just want to throw this out here the same power he was giving to his disciples is the same power we have today okay but in verse 14 it says is this matthew chapter 10 verse 14 and whosoever shall not receive you, nor hear your words, when you depart up, depart out of that house or city, shake off the dust of your feet. Okay. And so shake off the dust of your feet is a symbolic act of rejection and condemnation. Okay. The idea being that not even the dust of a wicked city was worthy of them. Okay. So when basically it's saying to me, when you, when you go to a person, say you, a person has done you wrong and you go to them and you try to talk to them, you try to make things right, but they're just not hearing you. They don't, they don't want you to forgive. I don't want to talk to you. I don't, I don't, I don't want nothing to do with you. I'm not going to forgive you. I'm not going to, 
Okay, leave it alone. Shake the dust off your feet. Shake the dust off your feet. That's where that's why it says it's a symbolic act of rejection. When somebody rejects you and don't want to hear what you got to say, shake the dust off your feet and keep going. Just know that you've done your part and you've done what God told you to do. Okay? You shake the dust off your feet and you move on. Okay? So that's the difference in between unforgiveness and moving on. Okay? You don't forgive it because a lot of times you can forgive a person as well, but that person may not receive it. So if you've forgiven them and they don't receive it, well, either you know the They've done you wrong, but you still trying to talk to them or still trying to be there for them. And they don't want to hear it. Shake the dust off your feet. Leave them alone. Because what I've learned is when a person show you they don't want to be bothered, what you do? Leave them alone. And let God deal with them. You can't make nobody talk to you. You can't make nobody be in your life. You can't make nobody want to be bothered with you. So leave them alone and let God deal with them. Shake the dust off your feet. So that's the difference in between unforgiveness and moving on. Because some people be like, well, and the devil try to make you feel his way. Well, um, y'all ain't talked in 10 months. Y'all ain't talked in 10 months. I know you went over there and told him, you know, that, you know, you were sorry and all this. And then he told you he didn't want to hear that. But still, y'all still got animosity because y'all ain't talked. No. And that don't mean we got animosity. Don't mean we got no beef. That just mean I'm leaving him alone. I'm moving on. I done forgave and I'm moving on. I'm going to let God deal with it. Because God know how to deal with a heart. Before we know how to deal with that heart. We, 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 we can only do but so much. But God know how to do it. You know, you hear me. Because if he cleaned us up and, get, and got us right. What you think he'll do to the next person? So that's that's my thing. Unforgiveness versus moving on. It's a difference. Unforgiveness well, means you just don't want to, you know, you just have a hard time forgiving that person. But moving on simply means you didn't forgave them, but you're just not going to be putting up with, with the foolishness. So you stay in your lane. Basically, you just staying in your lane. You're moving on. Okay. But once you done made it right with this person, you done forgave them, and they don't want to receive you, like the scripture said, shake the dust off your feet and keep it moving. So that's my word for tonight, and I hope it blessed somebody. You know, that's what God gave me. And um, let's just try to love one another, y'all. And I know something, it, it's, it's, not always, it's not always easy because we're all human, okay? And everybody's different. Everybody has their ways, but let, let's let's... Let's agree to disagree and disagree to agree. However, however it go. <laughs> but let's, let's just learn how to love one another. Okay? And let's forgive one another. And even if you went and forgave that person and they don't accept it, shake the dust off your feet, move on, give it to God, and watch God work it out. May you all have a blessed night. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Um, I'm up early this morning because <laughs> God woke me up with a word. Um, he's given me this word some time ago, but this morning he woke me up and um, it was really heavy on me. So I got up to study and read and and I'm going to give you what God gave me. Um, 
We're going to be coming from Genesis chapter 19, verses 1 through 29. Um, I know that's kind of lengthy, but I'm going to read it all. But when I read it, I'm going to break it up in segments and explain it so you can understand where, you know, what, what the verses are saying. And when I read, I'm going to be, when I explain it, I'm going to be paraphrasing. You know, I'm going to paraphrase it so you can understand a lot better what um, the word is saying. And once I get finished reading and explaining everything, I'm going to give the word that God gave me. Um, so this morning, we're going to be coming from Genesis chapter 19, verses 1 through 29. And I'm going to give a little bit, a little background on who Lot is. He's talking about Lot and his family. Um, and Sodom and Gomorrah, so you can understand who Lot was and, and why, pretty much why what happened, happened. Um, so, in my Bible reads, and I'm reading from um, the King James Version Study Bible. And, and, and in my Bible, in the study notes, it says that Lot was Abraham's nephew who accompanied him from Mesopotamia to Canaan. Both had large herds of cattle and sheep. And they eventually separated. Lot's selfish choice of the Jordan Valley and his weakness in pitching his tent toward Sodom led to tragic consequences. He soon moved into Sodom. And though Second Peter chapter 2 verses 7-8 through 8 indicates that Lot's soul was vexed by the unrighteousness of the city, he had little or no influence there or even on his own family. He lost his wife and later fathered his two sons, Moab and Ammon, by his own daughters. So we're going to start reading um, I'm in Genesis chapter 19. And I'm going to be reading Genesis chapter 19. We're going to start from verses 1 through 3. And I'm going to explain and I'm going to carry on. Um, and this is when the angels came to visit Lot. And it says, And there came two angels to Sodom, and even Lot sat in the gate. Of Sodom. And Lot seeing them rose up to meet them, and he bowed himself with his face toward the ground. And he said, Behold now, my lords, turn in, I pray you, into your servant's house, and tarry all night, and wash your feet, and you shall rise up early, and go on your ways. And they said, Nay, but we will abide in the street all night. And he pressed upon them greatly, and they turned in unto him. And entered unto his house, and he made them a a feast, and did bake eleven bread, and they did eat. So in these verses, um, there were two angels that came into Sodom, and and Lot seen them. So he went over, and I'm paraphrasing, like I said, he went over to greet them. You know, he bowed before them, and um, and he told them, y'all come into my house. You know, are you welcome to stay here with me, and my family, now. You know, we'll make it comfortable for you. You know, you sleep good. And so the two angels were like, no, we're going to stay here in the body street all night. We're going to stay out here and, you know, monitor the, the streets tonight. And so it said that he pressed upon them. So to me, I guess he was like guarding them, like pushing them back towards his house. And um, and eventually they did come in. You know, they accepted his his welcome. And um, they came to his house and he cooked for them. And then they ate. Okay, and then verses 4 through 11, we're going to read that, and then I'm going to explain that. It says, But before they lay down, the men of the city, even the men of Sodom, come past the house around both old and young, all the people from every quarter. And they called unto Lot and said unto him, Where are the men which came in to thee this night? 
Bring them out unto us that we may know them. And Lot went out at the door unto them and shut the door after him and said, I pray ye, brethren, do not so wickedly. Behold, now I have two daughters which have not known man. Let me, I pray you, bring them out unto you, and do ye to them as is good in your eyes. Only unto these men do nothing. For therefore came they under the shadow of my roof. And they said, Stand back. And they said again, This one fellow came in to sojourn, and we will needs be a judge. Now will we dwell worse with thee than with them. And they pressed sore upon the man, even Lot, and came near to break the door. But the men put forth their hand and pulled Lot into the house to them and shut to the door. And they smote the men that were at the door of the house with blindness, both small and great, so that they wearied themselves to find the door. Okay, so in the verses 4 through 11, um, it's talking about once, you know, once the angels and then these were the angels that, you know, had the wings and, you know, dressed in all white, flowing in the air. God sent these these men, these angels as real men. That's why in the Bible it says to be careful how you treat people because you could be entertaining an angel. So angels are not always presented as a a being with white wings and, you know, and all white with the little thing around their head and that's not that's not the case. God can send an angel in any form he choose to send it. So in this case, he sent two angels as men. And so the people in Sodom saw, you know, young and old, the Bible said, um, saw that the, that the angels had come to had went into Lot's house. So they are brave enough to go to Lot's house and ask for the men. And they had the nerve to say. That we may know them, bring them out unto us so we may know them. So that means to have sex with them. They wanted to have sex with the angels. They didn't know who these men were. All they seen were two men, probably liked how they looked, (laughs) and they wanted to have sex with them. And so Lot is telling them, no, you know, I can't, you can't do that to these men. You know, I got two daughters that don't have this, that that has never had sex before. Doesn't has never known a man. I'll give them to you, but do wicked, do not do wicked to these men. And so they were so pressed to get to those men, so pressed to get to those men that they was trying to get in the door. They were trying to break the door down to get to the men, to, to the angels. And it says that the um the men were at the door of the house with blindness. So the the angels made the the men blind, so they couldn't see how to try to get in the house. And see, they was messing with people that they ain't had no business messing with. That's why we shouldn't be bothering people because we don't know who they are. You know, they didn't know who these men were. They was bothering these two angels. Didn't know they were angels. All they want, all they knew, they saw something that they wanted and wanted to have sex with them. And so, because they was trying to get to these men, God allowed the angels to blind them so they couldn't see how to get to the door to try to get to them. So we're going to read on from verses 12 through 29. No, 12 through 23. 12 through 23. And verse 12 says, And the men said unto Lot, Hast thou here any besides 
son-in-law and, and thy sons and thy daughters and whatsoever thou hast in the city bring them out of this place but we will destroy this place because the cry of them is waxing great before the face of the lord and the lord has sent us to destroy it and lot went out and spake unto his son-in-laws which married his daughters and said up get you out of this place for the lord will destroy this city but he seemed as one that mocked unto his sons-in-law and when he when the morning rose then the angels hastened lot saying arise take thy wife and thy two daughters which are here lest thou be consumed in the iniquity of the city and while he lingered the men laid hold upon his hand and upon his in the hand upon his wife and upon the hand of his two daughters the Lord being merciful unto him, and they brought him forth and set him without the city. And it came to pass, when they had brought them forth abroad, that he said, Escape for thy life. Look not behind thee, neither stay thou in all the plain. Escape to the mountain, lest thou be consumed. And Lot said unto them, Oh, not so, my Lord. Behold, now thy servant hath found grace in thy sight, and thou hast magnified thy mercy, which thou hast shown unto me in saving my life. And I cannot escape to the mountain, lest some evil take me, and I die. Behold, now this city is near to flee unto, and it is a little one. Oh, let me escape thither. It is not a little one, and my soul shall live. And he said unto him, See, I have accepted thee concerning his, this thing also, that I will not overthrow this city for thee which thou hast spoken. Haste thee, escape thither, for I cannot do anything till thou become thither. Therefore the name of the city was called Zor. The sun was risen unto the earth when Lot entered into Zor. So God had sent the two angels to, um, to warn Lot that he was getting ready to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah because of all the wickedness, because of all of the, the sexual sin, because of all everything that was going on. So God was giving Lot and his family, you know, grace and mercy. And Lot did recognize that, you know, he recognized that um, that God had given him, you know, was merciful unto him. And that he had gave him, you know, grace and mercy and that he was allowing him to leave before he destroyed it. And not only Lot, but Lot and his family. And so, um, the, the, you know, the angel was telling him, okay, you need to go. You need to go. And they, was, they told him to go into Zor, into a city called Zor. And so uh, we're going to read on to see what happened. And this is verses 24 through 29. And this will be the end of the verses. I'm going to talk about everything. I'm going to sum it all up. Okay, it says, Then the Lord rained upon Sodom and Gomorrah brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven. And he overthrew those cities and all the plain and all the inhabitants of the cities and that which grew upon the ground. But his wife looked back from behind him and she became a pillar of salt. And Abraham got up early in the morning to the place where he stood before the Lord. And he looked towards Sodom and Gomorrah and toward all the land of the plain. And he beheld and lo, the smoke of the country went up as the smoke of a furnace. And it came to pass when God destroyed the cities of the plain, that God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow when he overthrew the cities in the, in the which Lot dwelt. So God did allow the um the 
the rain and the fire to come upon Sodom and Gomorrah. And he did destroy it because of the wickedness. And, um, but he had told, but it says wife, Lot's wife looked back as they were running. They were told to go. Okay. They were told to go. And so as you know, the, as Lot and his family was running, the wife looked back. And the Bible says that when she looked back, God turned her into a pillow of salt. And so in my Bible, it says that um, Jesus used this incident as a warning to others not to look back. And it says Lot's wife apparently lingered behind, continually and lonely looking back on her beloved possessions and was buried by the explosion that resulted from the destruction of the city. Okay, so she was looking back, you know, like, oh, you know, I got to leave my home. I got to leave my stuff. Look, you know, she probably said to herself, Lord, I don't I don't want to leave. And, you know, and I could <laughs> understand that, you know, you, you 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 made your home here and, you know, you're comfortable here. And and all of a sudden, two men showing up and telling you, you got to leave and you got to pick up and just go. And a thousand things probably running through her mind because she a mom and she a wife. Well, Lord, how I'm going to we're going to eat and how we going to we going to wear. We're going to do this. We're going to do this and do that. And so God is telling her to, to telling them to go. So as they're going, she looked back and she turned into a pillar of salt. And so the more of the story what God wanted me to tell y'all, and if I have to name this less, if I have to name this teaching, it's going to be don't look back, keep going. Don't look back, keep going. And so out of that, I get, you know, if God has delivered you from something or or, or moved you on past a, a bad relationship or or a bad experience with a job, anything, whatever it is that God has delivered you from that you have prayed your way out of, don't don't go back to that thing. Do not go back to that thing, because I'm going to tell you, if you go back into it, trying to get out of it. This time going to be even worse than the first time. So you think about that. You think about what you went through the first time and how God delivered you and how he brought you out. So if you were to go back to that thing that God delivered you from, it's going to be a lot worse than the first time. And so in what the example God gave me. Like I said, God had gave me this this message a while ago. And so, you know, I I, I said, God, I'm going to get up this morning because God is leaving me, leading me into another direction. So I got up and I said, I'm going to be obedient and do this word. And I didn't know if I was supposed to have to did it in another way or did it this way. So I said, OK, I'm going to go ahead and do the podcast, get it out. And so this is this is the revelation God gave me about it. OK, say you on a road. And I can vouch for this because when I'm trying to get to work in the morning, you know, the cars be all slow and I'm trying to get to work. And, you know, and so when I have an opportunity, oh, thank you, Jesus. When I have an opportunity to get past those cars, I, I go around those cars and I pass them and get in front of them so I can go on because them going a certain, you know, a certain speed is cutting my speed. It's cutting me off. And so when I get an opportunity to go around them, I go around them so I can keep going. 
So I don't, when I when I keep going, I don't go back to those cars and say, well, I'm sorry, I passed you. You know, I'm, I'm going to get back behind you. You gone in front of me. I didn't mean to pass you. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to get back behind you and you can go ahead. No, when I get around those cars, I keep going. I keep going till I get to my destination. And that's what God wants you to do. When he give you the opportunity to pass that thing that's blocking you, when he give you an opportunity to pass that thing, that, that thing that's hindering you, he wants you to keep going. He don't want you to look back. He wants you to keep going because your future is bright. If you look back to what, if you keep looking back and regretting, and sovereign of what God has has brought you brought you from the which the thing He has delivered you from. It's going it's 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 not going to benefit you. It's not going to benefit you at all. So if God has delivered you from a thing that has held you down, that has held you bound, this has this has kept your mind in in, in, in rumbles. You know that has put your life in jeopardy. If God has delivered you from this thing, don't go back to it. Do not go back to it. Now, sometimes you in certain certain situations, you may have to go back to a thing. You may have to go back to a dream that you that you left just sitting there that God told you to do. You may have to go back and, and, and apologize to somebody, or, you know, and ask for forgiveness. You may have to go back and get some things straightened out in order for you to move forward. That's not what I'm talking about. Now, some things you do have to go back to make right in order to move on. Some things you have to go back and pick up to keep going with. Like I said, a dream or a goal that you want to accomplish that you just left there. Go pick that dream back up. Go pick that goal up and and, and move forward with it. If that's what if that's what your heart desire and if that's what God will have you to do. But if not, you keep moving forth from that as well. But if it's something what I'm talking about, the issue at hand, something that God has delivered you from. Something that has left your life in turmoil, something that would have killed you, something that would have put you in a crazy house. Something that would have just made your life completely just just terrible. If God have delivered you from those things, don't look back. Don't go back and get those things. Leave them where they are. And then, like I said, if he give you an opportunity to go around it, to go over it, to go under it. However, he 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 fits the situation for you to get past that thing. If he delivered you and, and allowed you to get around it. Get from around it. Keep going. Don't look back. Because when you look back, it's a penalty for that. It's a penalty for looking back. Just like Lot's wife. She was turned into a pillar of salt because she looked back. You don't want to be turned into a pillar of salt because you look back. Keep moving. Keep going. You got this. Stay strong. Keep moving. Because like I said, if you go back to that thing, that God has delivered you from, that God has helped you to move forward from, if you go back to it, it's going to be even harder this time around 
to be freed from it than it was the first time. So that was my message and I got it out. And I pray that it helps somebody. I don't know who it's for. I take it as for me. Don't look back. I would not look back. The things that Satan had me doing, I would not go back to those things. Why? Because they were they were leading me to hell. Straight to hell. Basket in a in a basket straight to hell. I would not look back at those things. I would move forward in God. He has so much more to offer, so much that he, so many blessings that he want to give. And in order for us to get those blessings, we have to be obedient. We have to heed to God's word. We have to show God that we are thankful for everything that he's done for us. Because God do not have to give us grace and mercy. That's just the way he, this is his way of showing us love and compassion. He don't have to do those things, but he do, but he does because he's a loving father. He cares for us. He loves us and he wants us to have the very best of everything. And so if God is allowing his grace and mercy to, to, to reign upon your life and he's giving you the things you've asked and why would you, and thank you, Lord. And why would you want to go back to something that you spent time praying to get out of that you, that you've wasted that I ain't gonna say wasted, but but the thing that you've cried about, things that you've shed tears over, the thing that you've hurt it the most over, why would you want to go back to it? Why do you think it would be even better this time around? If 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 it left you feeling that way the first time, don't you think it may be even worse this time? So let, let, let's, let's show God our appreciation by, by giving him the glory and the praise that he deserved and by not going back to the, to the evilness and, and, and the destruction that he's led us out of. Don't look back. My brothers and my sisters, do not look back. Keep going. Keep moving forward. You got this. God got you and he loves you and he, he, if he delivered you that time, if he delivered you, he going to keep you, he going to keep, keep you moving forward. God know what he's doing. So continue to trust him, trust his process and watch it all work out for your good. Stay strong in the Lord. God bless you.